The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey everybody, this is Jim Peterick of the Ides of March, formerly with Survivor and a 38 special fan. And you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lenny. Now in case you're joining us for the very first time, we are the show that talks about computers, technology, and the internet. Pretty much everything in between. We missed you last week, Justin. I know. I was on I was on assignment. I was out golfing. <laughs> or, you were. You were well, working on a big story. I was working on a very big story. You had your fedora on. You had your little notepad. You were Wait, like a reporter out there on the golf course. I didn't have a fedora. I had a baseball cap. Is that what the... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I've yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. pictures. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, you can see the pictures, too, in a brand new review. It's been a while since we posted a review, and we want to start doing more of this. It's on our website right now, written by the man, Justin Lenny. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk about that here later in the show. All right. We we got other stuff to certainly chat about. Uh, Sean, good to see you. I know you were running really tight today to be on the show. Yeah, it's my turn this week to support our global classroom. So now what does that mean? So basically you're on call. So I had to stay through all of the classes today that are using our global classroom studio um, in case something went wrong. And the student, no. per, the students that are in there that are handling the technology side, if they have any things that they can't figure out or if they have an equipment issue, if, then if I you have don't, to get involved. But. If you don't know, if you're listening for the first time, Sean, tell them where you work. Can you? So I can. I <laughs> well, he's wearing the dang shirt. <laughs> I'm a broadcast engineer for the University of Notre Dame. All right. Yay! That's, pretty, yay. that's very cool. Fighting Irish. That's yeah. pretty good. When I talk over your guys' heads about cameras, it's because I know more than you about cameras. That's very yeah, nice. Well. Thank you for rubbing that in. Uh, yeah, we all have broadcast experience, too, so that makes it kind of nice uh, from the technical angle as well as, uh, you know, what we do here on the radio. Um this has been a big week uh, because we didn't oh, really get a chance man. to cover it too much. Uh, Sean, when Sean and Amanda, I want to thank Amanda for coming on. We're going to have her on again. Uh, we invited her on this show, but she was uh, she was doing some stuff today and couldn't make it. Broadway was going to be on the show. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. You got to see the video. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the outtake video. The outtake video is up on our website uh, at techtalkradio.com. For some reason, he, he got himself... This really cool microphone, and I still can't believe it. Now, let me, Sean. I'm looking at your your microphone right there. How much did that set you back? They're one forty nine on the the blue blues website. Right, and it's a good microphone. Sounds really good. Yeah, hey, yeah, it's good. It's it's um, a USB power. It's a right? it's a USB only. Right, they make two versions of the Yeti. Right, they make the Yeti and the Yeti Pro. Mm-hmm. The Yeti Pro is is also a condenser microphone, but it has an XLR output. Now, what is to, to have a condenser microphone? What does that mean? What, what are you going to get different? So, a condenser microphone to, has to have a power source, whether that's phantom power from an audio console or power over USB. And um, you you generally get better sound than you would from say, well, I, I'm not knocking them because the SM58 is a workhorse, but like the Shure SM58, you get a little better. The dynamics on that microphone, don't you? Yeah, because you get you could you get better resistances and stuff, and it doesn't pick up as much vibration and other things like that. So, right, and I'm looking at my I've, microphone here because I'm like, wait, I got a sure. Yeah, you have the SM7B. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. those are good. Those yeah. are good microphones. No, so I mean, if you listen to earlier versions of the show, <laughs> I used two different microphones back then. They were both they were both dynamics. I had the SM58 for one of them, mm-hmm. and I I had the RE85. I think it's a it's an EV 
microphone. And it's a really, really old microphone that was very, very popular for recording and things like that back in the day. And they're so tough, they say that you can hammer nails with them. So hmm. well, That's never a good thing to do with a microphone, though. Yeah. Just hammer no. nails. Yeah. Probably yeah. go against the warranty. Well, it's, the, it's the EV635A. That's the model number. So Broadway found this microphone online for $39. And uh, it's a USB-powered microphone. And I was really, I was really wondering, like when it when he got in, it was going to sound like you know the old World War II footage. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Radio. I mean, it was, was going to have that sound. Uh, but now I tested it with him this week, and I was like, wow, it sounds, it sounds honestly, Sean, sounds just as good as yours. And it came with a boom microphone and a pop filter, all for thirty nine dollars plus but, shipping and but, tax. But again, the old adage. You get what you pay for? You get what you pay for because... That's why he's not here. (laughs) During the setup of the show, every time he would try to boot his computer with that microphone plugged in, he would just be nothing. It It wouldn't even blue screen. It would just go to black, and he was struggling to figure out what it was. Now, my idea, and I don't know if it is true or not because we haven't actually found out from him, I think the microphone may be pulling too much power from his computer. Maybe Mm -hmm. his power supply isn't... Uh, powerful enough or maybe the motherboard isn't just passing enough power who knows well hopefully uh, hopefully he'll get it working and then maybe during the week we'll try something but the video actually not to say we you know are are laughing at his uh at at his frustration but it is pretty darn funny <laughs> and again that's on our website and, and to be on broadway side my computer did take three times to boot yeah now what was going on with yours i have no idea See, I know just, we, Microsoft pushed uh, a couple of updates this week, the, some big updates, and I do know that I had an issue when they after it pushed, it was uh, it was one of the big where I couldn't copy and paste with my mouse. Like suddenly, for some reason, it wouldn't allow me to do that. Hmm. So um, I've heard true. that this has been an issue, and some uh, the recommendation has been to reinstall the mouse driver. You know, uh, to do that or reboot the system and then reconnect no, mine, the mouse. Mine went as far as to tell me that it was repairing the. The check disk, verifying Ooh. the check disk. Oh, that's scary. And then it said it wouldn't boot Windows. Mm-hmm. I rebooted I it again, same happens. thing. Mm-hmm. And then I pulled the power, let it sit for a minute, pushed the power button to drain all the power from the capacitors, and then it booted just fine. Then it was fine. So yeah. maybe something was just stuck in cache. Who knows? That might be a good thing. scary. It's always scary, I, though. I, I, wanted... know, I hadn't booted it since third last Thursday night because I was gone all weekend. Did you? I know you downloaded it. Justin, you missed out on this. But I'm sure you know about it. Uh, Microsoft has put out a new uh, Windows app, which is Windows File Recovery, which will allow you to recover a uh, a file that's been deleted, even formatted. Something that we've seen from OnTrack uh, or even GetData in the past that has been a very expensive software. Did you actually? I didn't get a chance to give it a shot. So this week. I have to update to the newest ver- the newest Windows update before I can download the app. Oh, okay. All right. And I hadn't done that yet. Hmm. See, I have my Windows so, updates just automatic. I, I've never, I haven't done a Windows I, I update think in years. Thursday night when I shut it down, it was doing the updates. Because mm-hmm. uh, I just hit. Whoa! You know, it always if it was doing me. the updates, did you not pay attention to the screen that says "Do not shut off your computer"? Well, I don't shut it off. It, I the only options I get when I power my machine down are update and restart or oh, update and shut off. Okay, yeah. I thought you were like in the process of installing no, updates and no, you just no, no. power cycle. I'm like, yeah, that. okay, there's your problem. That can be a big issue. No, I know you never want to do so, that. Yeah, it, maybe I do have the most up-to-date version. I'll have to double check. We'll 
All right. Um, all right. I, I got to tell you something that I found out this week, and I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. So I know, Justin, you're not a big fan of Apple. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Apple has a feature on their smartphones, uh, AirDrop. And I mean, it's I don't ever use it. I think I've used it maybe twice. I um, use it all the time. Do you really? No, I you, use it all the time to transfer pictures from my phone to my computer and back and forth. Well, I thought I thought though the 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 um the way Apple works though when you take a picture with it, it automatically shows up in your computer under if you're if you have your Apple account connected. Yeah, if you have your iCloud account. Why why do you have to use AirDrop? And do you have a Mac? I don't, I, you, do, I do. Oh, okay. All right. I do for my photo editing and video editing, but all I right. don't have my Apple Photos linked to anything. So if yeah. my photos, when I take a picture, it goes to my Google Photos. Sure. Yeah. So if I want to get it onto my computer, I can either go to Google Photos and download the original, or I can just airdrop it to myself just by sharing it and hitting airdrop to my MacBook, and it goes right to my downloads folder. Yeah, see, I don't have a ah, Mac, okay. so the only time I've ever used it is like uh, if you know Gloria's sitting there and I'll say, oh, I got this picture. Yeah, I know I could just attach it to a text, but it's kind of cool to just say, you know, I'll drop it to her and just oh yeah. here grab your your AirDrop because she has a, an iPhone as well. Well, this is finally something Android has taken from Apple. Uh, I was uh, checking out Android Police. Have you guys checked out that website, AndroidPolice.com? Uh, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, lots of good updates. Had a great story in there how uh, Android is working on an Air Share feature similar to AirDrop mm. that they're going to be adding to the new uh, the new Android operating system when Stop that's available. Stop the presses. What, what? Stop the presses. You already have it? The first time that Android is actually taking something from Apple <laughs> instead of the other way around. <laughs> this is a monumental moment, folks. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, this is something I got to share with Justin because he's always talking about how Apple steals from Android. Well, this is one where Android it's is funny borrowing the feature. True. Yeah, Android's going to be borrowing this feature so you'll be able to share. Now, I'm going to try and see if I can use that app this week and if it does indeed recover some files. I had a... I had a guy that I did a data recovery for on a hard drive. And I remember it was, I want to say about 20 gigabytes of photos and documents. And it was on a computer that was dead. They gave me the hard drive. I went ahead and I recovered it, put it onto, and there was stuff I had to, you know, run a data recovery on. And I put it onto a flash drive and gave them the flash drive. Well, wouldn't you know it? They lost the flash drive. And in the meantime, they have thrown away that hard drive. So they were asking me, they were asking me if I have the original, and no, I mean, they gave me the, of course not. Once I'm done with that, delete it. So now I'm going through trying to see which number one, I've got like six drives attached, which drive it's on. I got to find, you know, which directory structure to make sure it's not a lost file. So it's, and I've been using the gate, get data software to be able to see if I I can find it. But um, I have a feeling that might be out of luck. Because there's a good chance I had the drive connected and just copied the, the data over onto that flash drive. So always make a backup of your, a backup of a backup if that's the case. Yes. Especially if you're going to throw away the main source. Now, I don't know why they got rid of that. I mean, it was a, yeah, I think it was a, a I want to say a 100 gigabyte drive. You know, why would you just chuck it in trash? Well, that, that reminds me of the old uh, story about the guy from Bitcoin. You know, he, he had a hard drive back in the early days of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And he had, I don't know, like a thousand Bitcoin on there and he threw it away in the trash. Oh, man. And it, and it went to the it went to the landfill and then Bitcoin took off. 
and he was like, oh my God, I can't find this hard drive. Wasn't and he so, maybe like an instant millionaire or something? Oh, he would have been like a hundred times millionaire. Like, I mean, it was, it was crazy how, how rich he would have been. It was probably more than a thousand Bitcoin. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he actually hired a team of, of friends and family and other things to go to the landfill where it would have been dumped and try to search through the, the mounds of trash wow. to try to find it. And I don't believe they ever did find it. That's crazy. It's that's crazy. Somebody could probably came along, picked it up, took it to the, you know, the metal formatted. recycler. Yeah. Yep. Formatted. Took and it so to that Bitcoin is lost forever. All right. One thing we didn't talk about last week, Twitch and Dr. Disrespect. Now you've heard us talking about these, you know, these guys that get on there and they play the games. They've got personalities. They make mega money. I know Dr. Disrespect signed a deal with Twitch. Like back, I want to say back in May, March or March. Uh, yeah. a it was a million dollar deal, right? It was an exclusive uh, deal. Uh, I think it was like a, I think it was a three year deal, and it was like somewhere in the upper twenty million, something mm-hmm. like that, to be exclusive with Twitch. And I mean, if you don't know Twitch, and I'm sure a lot of our audience doesn't know this, but there's a lot of people that do make a very good living, literally just playing video games all day. And what they do is they they broadcast themselves on sites like Twitch or what was formerly known as Mixer. Uh, which was Microsoft's uh, a streaming platform that just collapsed, and Facebook Gaming bought them. So you've got basically Twitch and Facebook Gaming and also YouTube uh, uh, live streams uh, gaming. They People just, they literally play games all day. Uh, some of these people have contracts with the companies like Facebook or Twitch, and so they make a salary from them um, in exchange. Obviously, uh, the platform gets to put ads on their stream, and then... On the occasion, you know, you got a smaller streamer who may not be as popular. They're basically just making money off of tips. But Dr. Disrespect was literally one of the biggest streamers in the world. This guy had millions of followers on on Twitch. And a couple weeks ago, on a Friday, towards the end of his stream, uh, it's actually, you can see the video online, the last two minutes of Dr. Disrespect's stream. Uh, he's playing a game. He looks down what seems to be a cell phone, and his p- whole personality kind of changed. Doctor Disrespect, by the way, he he plays a character. It's he's not himself. Okay, it's not like me talking to you right now. Yeah, he plays a character. So he wears a fake mullet uh, wig. Uh, he's got sunglasses on. He has a big headset on. I mean, that's his persona. Uh, th- his real name is Guy Bean, right? Or Guy. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Is it Guy or Guy? I, think it's, I thought it was Guy. I always thought it was Guy. Right. Anyway, I don't know the answer to that. I think it's Guy. But okay. Anyway, his name is Guy Bean. Okay. He lives in Escondido, California, uh, uh, and he's one of the biggest streamers in the world. But he looks down at his phone, and his whole personality changes. He goes from being Doctor Disrespect to basically being himself. And they even had it was so interesting. They even had a body langu- language expert, like diagnose, trying to figure but, out like what trying was going to figure on? out, and they could tell. They could tell based on his his emotions and his reactions that he had just received some really, really bad news. And then the way he, uh, he, he kind of, he presses his lips and they say that, well, that's a sign of he wants to say something, but he can't. So he's pressing his lips on, on the stream. People are watching this going like, wait, what's going on? This is kind of weird. And then he starts kind of babbling about random stuff that doesn't really make any sense. And at the very end of his uh, stream, he shouts an expletive, and then he ends his stream abruptly. Uh, uh, and his, all of his followers are like, wait, what's going on? Why did he just end the stream? 
And then like 15 minutes later, uh, Twitch comes out and says, we've banned Dr. Disrespect permanently. Whoa. And everybody's like, wait, what's going on? And, and, and Sean, you were the one that you texted me. You texted me saying, hey, Dr. Disrespect just got banned. I, you know, I just happened to be, it was one of those times where you just happened to be browsing Twitter and all of a sudden it's just everything. It's Dr. Disrespect, Dr. Dr. Disrespect. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Because I know that he got banned last year at E3. Right. Yeah. For for doing a real in, in real life stream and ended up going into the bathroom, which just violates a lot of privacy laws. So we got banned for a couple games, weeks, something. something like that. Yeah. And then, so I was like, oh, maybe he did something stupid again. But then, it, then I started seeing permanent, no explanation. Yeah. yeah. Last and two minutes of his stream, watch it, see what's going on. Doctor Disrespect himself came out the day after and said. Hey everybody, uh, Twitch has not told me the reason they banned me. Uh, stay tuned or whatever. But a lot of people are saying that Doctor Disrespect himself, uh, Mr. Beam, mm. knows exactly what he did. He's just not saying it now. Whether that be something that violates simply Twitch uh, community guidelines, where they can ban somebody for just going against their community standards, whether this be something legal, nobody knows exactly wow. what's going on. It's really honestly. Uh, taking the internet by storm. The biggest th fan theory, the biggest fan theory out there right now is that uh, because of Mixer folding and right. going to going to Facebook gaming, the two major streamers, and we've talked about this guy on the stream before, Ninja, right. Tyler Blevins, he had signed a multi-million dollar deal with Mixer. So did Shroud. He's another person who streams streamed on Twitch, moved to Mixer right. with a multi-million dollar deal. Um because Mixer folded, they got released from their contract, so they got away scot-free with all this millions of dollars, and now they're looking for a new home. So the fan theory is, and there was a, a few things that kind of connected it together, and I'm not going to get into the super big, minute details, but the fan theory said that Dr. Disrespect, Ninja, and Shroud were going to form their own streaming platform, and Twitch found out about it and banned Dr. Disrespect because they said, yo... You you got a contract oh, with us, wow. okay. and that streaming service is called Brime. Right, and and the thing is, is it's it's somewhat somehow people have been connecting it to Spotify. Right. They're saying that Spotify is going to release a new gaming streaming service because Spotify is all about streaming. Why not just throw in video game video on it? However, um, Spotify does not own Brime.com. Brime is a startup company that says something vaguely about being a streaming platform they don't mention what they're going to be streaming but it's a company with four employees how are you going to be a company with four employees that's going to bring on three of the top streamers in the world making tens of millions of dollars per year each well where are they getting money from that's what i, I that's you the know, thing you so that that theory doesn't hold true well, you know that Facebook, you know, you know, you know that uh, Microsoft, they they have deep pockets, so they were able to pay these guys to entertain. Sure. If they're starting it on their own, they got to have salespeople. I mean, they got to have. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they've got to have backers. And if and if Spotify themselves are saying, "Yo, we're not affiliated with Brime," I don't know what you're talking about. And even Ninja and Shroud, they're not mentioning where they're going or what they're going to do with their next streaming. They're they're, they're just taking some time off. All of this is starting to become very suspect. Even ESPN, what ES, is ESPN has been mentioning, like, yes. where, where's Ninja? Yeah, yeah. everybody's talking. Where, where's Ninja? Because um, they're very quiet right now. 
Yeah, they're so, all very quiet, and it's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so now uh, Broadway uh, was able to jump into our stream. You were shaking your head when it came to me asking, like, where are they going to get their money from? Is, can you hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. Holy cow, you sound hey. so good. Hey, You sound up, ten times better. Got me a brand new microphone. And a... So I was shaking my head because each one of those have at least three to 30 million followers between them. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Uh-huh. Minimum. Mm-hmm. If they told us today, if they if Ninja said to me on my stream right now, well, I'm first off, Ninja me. would never talk to you directly. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. You're 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 kind of a big deal, but you're not that big of a deal. Okay. No, no, my alter ego is just not that good. Yeah. Um, like I was saying, if for, for instance, I was on his stream and he said to us, the followers, "Hey, I'm leaving Twitch, going to Mixer," which is what he did. Once he had publicly announced it, everybody followed him. They still went over to Mixer. They oh, all created true. their accounts in Mixer. You, do, you don't think that's not going to happen with all of their followers today if they said, hey, well, we actually true. quit all of them because yeah. we're, we're creating Brime. And guess what? Brime is a zero-censored, free-flowing uh, free gaming platform where freedom of speech, just like all these other um, parlors for and now. competitors. For right, now. For now. Yeah. Until right, the no, advertisers start coming in and saying, oh, hey, we'll be your advertiser only if you stop saying this word or that word or right. you stop talking about this. Yeah. Correct. That's but the I problem. Think the limitations, I think the limitations on Dr. Str- I mean, he, he literally, he, his followers followed him because he's the Howard Stern of gaming. Well, if you want to first think off, about Dr. Disrespect never left. Dr. Dis- I mean, he left Twitch, obviously, because he got banned. He's not been followed anywhere right now because he doesn't have anywhere to go. You're making my point. That's how they'll get successful. That's true. It could be. But, you know, it's, well it's one be. of those things. That my mom always told me, don't leave your job until you get another job lined up. Uh, well, maybe he was, he's got he maybe he's got one lined up. Yeah. Maybe they're just waiting for the right moment to launch this. No, I think that he got caught in the shuffle. And I think that the, I think you're right, Justin. I think the backdoor channels at Twitch found out the four parties are streamers that have either left their platform or are about to leave their platform. They're still pretty big. Does this open the door though for for other streamers now that could come in and and maybe build a following? If, well, if yeah, they're if able you're to one do of the quick. first people, yeah, if yeah. you're one of the first people, I mean that, that it very well could be a what John's saying is very much likely. I mean, it could happen. You could have a lot of people that are like, "Yo, I want to go where Doctor Disrespect, Ninja Shroud, and uh, you know a couple of the big names are going because they're the big names and and they're the only ones on this platform. So the likelihood of somebody who's small to go to this platform is is very the, the likelihood of they're going to get a lot more followers instantly is a lot more than if they were to stay on Twitch where it's oversaturated or even Facebook gaming where people they're not necessarily there for the gaming they're there for Facebook and then sure why not let's watch some games you know and I mean and I I don't mean any disrespect to Sorry, no pun intended, but I don't mean any disrespect to you know my friends. You know we got Darkness Four Two Nine, uh, Stone Mountain Sixty Four, all these other people that have been made a very good uh, name for themselves on Facebook gaming. The one thing I have to say though is that people that built a following on Mixer that all of a sudden got forced to be a part of Facebook gaming, they've right. lost a lot of their community because a lot of them say, "Nope, I'm not going to Facebook. I'm not making a Facebook account." Or I'm not going to go back to that cesspool, uh, uh, you know, because people think feel like you know, uh, Facebook is just toxic, and they don't want to go back to that, and so they don't want to follow their favorite streamers to 
Facebook. And I know for a fact, uh, one of Darkness's really good friends, uh, King Gathalian, uh, he had, on average, about 3,000 people watching him on Mixer every single day. I've been looking at his streams on Facebook every single day since he moved. He's got about an average of 750 people. He's Stream. lost that much. Raya Stream has been on the show. Raya um, Stream has been on the show, and he, and he's on Facebook Gaming. He's doing really good. I, mean, I like him. He's what cool. happens? What happens if they have to move? You yeah. know, you're losing mm -hmm. a, a big, huge base of your follower. But a standalone streaming service that's not connected to social media, mm -hmm. I think that's the few. I think that's the way to go. You know, or one of those multi-streaming type platforms that claim that they have no responsibility to stream to those platforms that they're streaming to because you're using them, like Restream, Mob Crush, those yeah. type of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week uh, we brought something back to TechTalkRadio.com, our website. Uh, and if you're listening here in Green Valley, you might like the game of golf. Technology is finding ways to make your golf game even better. And we've heard of things in the past, like, you know, driving ranges that have been set up with, you know, where you, you take a schwack and it will analyze your, your golf swing, <laughs> that type of thing. But, uh, Justin, I, I don't golf. I mean, I, I don't. I've tried I it. I can see that. <laughs> Thank you. I've tried it. Uh, and I just, I, I'm not good at it. Uh, I don't know about Broadway, Sean, but I know that you are the golfer. So have you golfed there, Sean? I golf once a year and we call it the DeWeird Open. <laughs> and it's always with my dad's side of the family. And that's the only time I golf once, once a year. I don't golf outside of that. Now, do you have golf now, courses there in, in South Bend? There's golf courses everywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where but do you think he lives, Andy? I, Antarctica? I did golf in high school. Right. I was terrible. It was bad. That, that's why you only golf once a year. I golf once a year, and it's always bad. How about you, Broadway? Uh, if you forget, when I was working with you at the radio station, I also had a second job where I was working at, at that Lumpy's Golf th thing in Palm Springs. Oh, no, wait. Mini golf doesn't hold count. Hold on. Hold on. You were working <laughs> at Lumpy's? Yeah, I used to work at Lumpy's. Yeah. yeah, so I worked there, and that's why I went and golfed all those time at all those Marriott courses and all the other courses during the summer. So I actually, I was actually rated with a, uh, a handicap of ten at that those days. So I used to be pretty good. And I also won a set of Yonix golf clubs, the first graphite shaft clubs they came out with when I was selling them, because I sold the most, you know. So I got a free set. So I looked like a total poser walking up to the, you know, the <laughs> golf course with the whole Yonix set and doing my whole thing, and I'm all suited up, look like Tiger Woods coming out the box. But no, I swung like Fred Flintstone and, and Barney Rubble just having a blast. Well, now. <laughs> Justin, I think it's uh, Denver's got a lot of golf courses. I know that. Uh, oh yeah, kind of like we we have here in uh, Southern Arizona. Tell us how you, how you came across this. Well, so I, I I recently got back into golfing. Um, I bought a brand new set of golf clubs, um, and I decided I wanted to get back out there and golf again. Um, you know, since having a little son, I didn't I really have a chance to golf uh, very much anymore. But after I got my new set of golf clubs, I, just, I, I said I wanted to get like an application that would help me keep track of my score. And so I started searching the Google Play Store, and I found a, a, an app called GolfPad GPS. And it was very highly rated, a lot of downloads, over a million downloads. And I said, all right, let me give this a shot. So I downloaded it. I took it out on the course. And um, the way it initially works, you know, if you're just using the app, you know, you... you uh, you, you, you go up to your ball, you hit your ball, and then you click the track shot button, and then, you know, wherever you, uh, excuse me, hit your ball up to, you walk up to the next part, you hit the track shot button again on your, on your phone, and then it calculates, you know, okay, you shot the ball this much of distance, um, and then it uses GPS to figure out, okay, are you on the fairway, in the rough, 
You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's got a very, it's pretty accurate with that. But then it also keeps track of your score. The thing that I found uh, tedious was the fact that I had to keep my phone on me at all the time. Uh, and yeah. I always had to pull it out between each shot, which makes, you know, when you're on a golf course, that's the one thing you don't want to be using is your phone. You know, you're, you're getting out in the golf course to get away from technology. But I still wanted technology to play a part. And I didn't want to have to use the old scorecard. Because for one thing, I can never remember how many shots I take. You know, I get to the, I get to the putter, or I get to the green, I put in my ball, and then I'm like, okay, uh, I, I backtrack. I'm like, one, two, three, no, 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 four, no, wait. Isn't it like bowling? Aren't you supposed to like mark it right away? No. No? You mark oh, okay. your score at the very end of each hole. Oh. But I'm always backtracking. I'm like, did I hit four or five shots? So like, I never quite remember. So with this app, it allows you to track it. And oh. they, they, they say that if you got this uh, system called Tags, it, it does it even better. And so I contacted the company and said, look, I want to I give this a shot. So they were gracious enough to send me out a review copy of right. Tags. Now, the way Tags work is at the end of each golf club, you have that little hole, and that allows you to screw in uh, uh, this, this golf tag thing. So these little tags are NFC-capable, uh, near-field communication. So what basically what I do is I start the round. When, when I get up to the first tee, I start the round on my phone. Then I shut off. I, I turn off the screen, and I put the phone into my bag. Then I grab my club, and I tap my, the end of my club, the handle end. I tap the end of my club to my phone, and I get a little visual. Or not a visual, but an audible and a physical uh, a feedback, a haptic feedback. The phone vibrates, and, and because I have my club next to the phone, the club itself also vibrates. And what that does is it tells me, the phone says, okay, I know what club you're using. Oh, wow, that's cool. I walk up, I hit my ball. Then I walk up to the ball where it's at. I grab my next club, and I tap the ball, I tap the bag again where my phone is, and it registers it, and it says, okay, you just hit your ball 225 yards. you know." And then I look at my watch, because I have a smart watch as well. Right. And a smart watch will tell me instantly, all right, you've got 130 to the pin. Uh, we recommend, based on your previous, you know, hitting experience, we recommend a seven iron. Well, it's almost like having a caddy with you. It's basically a caddy yeah. in your pocket. It's it's a caddy in your pocket. So what I did was I played an entire round using tags. Um, I absolutely loved this system. I, I can't really say anything more than just it is. It's amazing. Uh, it's so- it literally is a caddy in your pocket. So do they put the is there like an RFID tag at the at the end yes. of your club? Yes, so each is so the tags system, first off, the tag system is sold separately from the app. The app is a free app. Right. You can however get for for 20 bucks a year, you can get the premium version which still uh it does not include tags, but it allows you to do shot tracking where if you want to do it manually, you can do it. I paid with my own money the the premium version to try to track my shots and I found it to be tedious. But then the tag system for $99 comes with 15 tags. So you basically your entire set of clubs. Right. And it comes with a one year subscription to the premium golf app. Oh, cool. So, so you're not really paying, you're paying, you know, 60 bucks or 70 bucks or whatever. Let's, well, 75. I guess. Yeah. Less than a round of golf. Less than a round of golf. Well, it depends <laughs> on where you golf at. Um, for the system, and you screw these tags in. Yes, they are NFC capable, RFID, so that you again, you just tap it to your phone. The phone vibrates. You know that your clubs being registered. 
You hit your ball. You go to the place where it was. You tap it with your next club. It tells you it knows, okay, he hit it 35 yards. It tells you that you really need to work on your game. It laughs at you a little bit, you know. Um, I love it. You know, things like that. You know, it makes you feel like, you know, you're really playing golf with a bunch of buddies. Yeah. You know, it it, uh, it pours a beer on your head, you know, it, yeah. you know all the good stuff. Can it? Uh, do you think it's going to help your golf game get better? Oh, absolutely, because after the game, it tells you, okay, look, you hit, because uh, I played nine holes. It says on your nine drives, you sliced 60% of the time. So you need to work on your, your drive because you sliced it too many times. Or it'll say uh, on your putts. Now, here's the thing I didn't mention, the putting. Because you can't bring your bag on the putting green no, with you. No. So I grab my phone, I put it in my pocket when I'm going to putt. And because each course, they move the hole around the green every week or so, it allows you to set the pin on the app. So it shows you a picture, satellite image of the green. Oh, wow. And you just have to say, okay, the pin is over here. And then every time you take a putt, you just simply tap your putter to your leg or wherever your phone is, and it registers your putt, and then you putt. And then if you don't make it in, you go to your putt, you go to your ball, you tap it again, and you putt. And it will tell you after. It's got a lot of statistics in that. It tells you you're doing good on your putting, you're doing bad on your driving. And not only that, but it tells you how many strokes you gained. Now, for those of you who don't golf, strokes gained is bad. And it not only tells you strokes gained, it tells you strokes gained on your driving, your, your fairway woods, your irons, and your layups, and your putting. So it goes, it goes the whole gamut. So it tells you really in-depth where you need to improve. This is a great idea. It is so really I good feel, idea. I feel like at some point this is going to get linked with ads. And if I had no. this app if you, and I if played you pay golf, for the premium, I, would, I would get ads for Domino's because I slice that much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. Hold that on. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody. Slow, yeah. slow golf clap. Slow <laughs> golf clap for Sean right there. The dad cheesy. joke. He, he made the a dad funny. joke. He made a cheesy funny. I like that. Yeah. No, but this is a really good. It's a really good app. And if you're out there golfing, you don't want to use the paper and pen uh, or paper and pad uh, uh, golf uh, uh, scorekeeping. Or if you just want to know exactly how you're doing, or you just want simply uh, a recreation of your round from a satellite bird's eye point of view, Golf Pad GPS. It can be found on the on the iPhone uh, App Store. It can be found on the Google Play Store. And not only that, is it, when you sign up for it, you can go to golfpadgps.com and you can find your previous rounds on their dashboard. So you can view it on a computer. Now, you, um, are you, is this getting you like energized? Like, oh, I want to get back on the course because you can see this progress? Um, yes. Not only that, but also I have to give credit to my new golf clubs. Uh, I bought a new set of golf clubs, so yes, I want to get out there and play with my new set. Uh, I have to give a shout-out. Hopefully, we can get them on the show sometime, but Bomb Tech Golf right. is a direct-to-consumer golf club. You can't find them in stores, but mm. I tell you right now, I just went to Top Golf last week, and I used my new set because it's hard It's hard to judge how you're doing on a golf course right. because you only get one shot at it, right? Yeah. But if you go to a driving range, you can do one after another after another after another. I was consistently driving 250 yards where previously with my with my tailor maids, I was only getting about 205. 
Now, are they more expensive than ones you Absolutely might Absolutely not. No. Because they're direct consumer. Listen to this, Andy. And, and anybody out there listening who might want a new set of golf clubs with Bomb Tech, I got a driver, a three wood, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine iron pitching wedge, and a 72 degree loft wedge, all for about 600 bucks. What, yeah. what are some other okay. things that you think technology could do to make the golf game better? I mean, are, are, do you see like Ooh, other man. things? Do you ever look, get question. out there in the course and go, Boy, I wish we could do this, or I wish I could do that. Um, I would like to see. I would now. like to see the golf whenever whatever hole you're on, where the pin right. is. I'd like you to be able to just like press a button on your phone and light up the pin, because sometimes, like, I'm serious. I mean, this sounds like a joke, but sometimes you can't tell where the pin is at, hmm. depending on which hole you're at. So for to be able to like light up the pin or to shoot off some fireworks or something every time you want to see the pin. That'd be cool. Not going to happen. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to be able to see what the speed of your drive was. Well, see, that's the thing. That's what top golf comes in. You know, you go to a driving range, a regular old driving range. That's what you get. You just hit your ball. Top golf, it tells you because every ball, when you go to top golf, every ball you hit has an RFID tag in the ball. It tracks the ball through the sky. It looks just like you're watching PGA tour on, on CBS or whatever. You can see the track of the ball in the sky. It tells you how long you hit it, what your what your exit velocity was, how fast your club swing was, everything. It's it's amazing. There's a lot of courses that have that equipment inside the cart on the screen. Sure, yeah, yeah, they do have that too. You've seen that, right? Yes, on the more expensive golf courses, yes. Okay. But I don't use a cart. I, I use a pull cart because okay. I'm not lazy. Okay, so we were talking about it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Broadway was not with us because while well, you were you were having some crazy issues. Tell us a little bit about this really cheap microphone that you bought. I mean, an inexpensive microphone you bought. No, it's it's point blank cheap and inexpensive. Um, you guys were complaining about my headset microphones. I was complaining about them. I wanted to look like I knew what I was doing. I wanted to look like I had some professional system over here. But I'm on a poor man's budget, you know, being mm-hmm. retired and all. So. Um, I bought a thing off of Amazon because everybody swore by it. If you're entry level streamer, or if you want to just start getting into podcasting or blogging or whatever, um, this is the one to go with. It it's, sounds it's on great. The cheap and it works really well. It's a, it's a Chinese knockoff. I'm sure. Um, it's called Zing. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's definitely a Chinese knockoff. <laughs> yeah. No, it even has www.zingyu.cn. So definitely China. Um, yeah. It's a good product because they took it from something and just dumbed it down and made it cheap. It's got good components. There was a story this week that uh, had a lot of privacy concerns. Uh, the Amazon Alexa, the Google Home Assistant, they found that there's a thousand words that can trigger your devices. Now, you know, we know that when you want uh, the Google Home Assistant, what, what do you say? You say, okay, Google, right? Yes. Don't say that. I'm not going to say that because I have ah, one Come on. All right. Now, <laughs> when you have... I think I just triggered John. Yep. When you have the Amazon Alexa, you know, you say, hey, Google, Alexa. Google, stop. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem the problem is they found there's a hundred thousand words that can trigger this. Words that you might not even realize are triggering it, like mm-hmm. election. If you say election, Alexa can hear us, hear it, and you'll see, you'll know by seeing that blue ring on top of your your device light up. Those are the words that can trigger it. Now, that does have privacy experts kind of concerned because that means, you know, it's listening in opportune times. And they and, say they don't. Uh, but they do. Come on. They do. They do. Of course they do. Um, and they've tried to tell us, they try to make us feel better by saying, hey, listen, you can go in on your app. You can delete the stuff that's recorded. 
Um, I, I've had that happen where I go, why did it suddenly blue ring? Why, why did it come up? And I'll go in and you can actually hear what the, the, the phrase is or the term that fired off the, the device. And, you know, that can be kind of a pain in the neck, but at least, uh, like it's the other, I don't know what happened with this last windows update. Suddenly Cortana's working again for me. And you know, who's Cortana Cortana. That's a Microsoft assistant. Notice the other day I walked by and suddenly she said something like, I didn't understand what you said. And I'm like, I didn't even talk to you. Yeah. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Shut up. So on the topic of stuff listening to you, whether it's your smart speakers or stuff, digital TV stuff, they ha- commercials have ultra high frequency. Yes. Sounds. Yes. In them. Yes. Yes. So if you're watching TV, the smart devices in your house, your phone, whatever, can pick up those frequencies that we can't hear. And it tells you and, what ads you're watching. And it tells you or what tells commercial them. you were watching, yeah. what channel you were watching. Uh, and then it can track, Like then they might send it in the next commercial break so they know that, well, they didn't leave between these commercial breaks. So there's all sorts of ways that you're, your usage is being tracked without you ever hearing it. I know some time ago I had heard that there are some TV manufacturers that will be able to feed their own ads. So say you buy a brand of television and you're, you know, this brand of TV is going to maybe going to be $200 cheaper, right? So you, what happens is, is, is they're actually, you're not getting your ad from cable. You're not getting your ad from satellite. You're getting the ad directly fed from that TV manufacturer because they have the ability to do that. They've sold, they've sold that TV to you. Yeah, you're already seeing that with some things. You're seeing it from whether or not a, you know, a T, you're getting an ad from a TV station or a local affiliate because the timing is not always right. And you ran into this all the time with Master Control where you'd run a commercial and it'd be two frames behind oh, the yeah. network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're already seeing times like that. So if companies can get GPI or GPO triggers for these things where a master control operator hits the button and it sends a signal to whatever provider you have or TV provider, and they can automatically send you a commercial in that spot. Well, that's the same thing that's happening with, you know, platforms like Hulu, uh, uh, YouTube TV, things like that with like YouTube TV. Uh, I'll be watching a show. I'll see the original commercial that was supposed to be there. And then all of a sudden, boom, YouTube TV comes up with their own commercial that cover it right, up. Right. You know, and I, and I don't have any problems with that. Okay. Cause I mean, that's their platform. They can do what I want. Some of the, and, and but, just to, to reiterate that idea, some of the radio streamers do the same thing. Sure. Whereas they may run an ad that your local radio station, like say us, uh, but the streaming company, uh, they might run an ad for themselves. And well, so you might go, wait, we never advertise that. Yeah. But it's because the streamer is doing that. Well, for instance, like you mentioned radio, like uh, uh, here in Denver, Colorado, one of the stations I listen to a lot is, uh, is KOA News Radio. Big station. A big station. Yeah. Uh, and I'll listen to it usually in my car. However, sometimes I'll, I'll be in a topic and I get home and I'm like, I walk in the door and I mention, you know, the keywords, Google, whatever, uh, listen to iHeartRadio or listen to uh, KOA News Radio on iHeartRadio and it starts playing. But then when it goes to commercial break, it's same thing. You'll hear a little bit of the KOA uh, sponsored advertisers, and then all of a sudden, iHeart covers it up with something else. Yeah, yeah. But but I wanted to mention again, kind of diverging topics here, if you don't mind, guys. Um, a couple weeks ago, Sean, you mentioned YouTube TV. 
mm-hmm. right? Yep. And my in-laws have it, and your in-laws have it. it, and they love it. I went ahead. I got YouTube TV. Yeah. Okay. I remember you said you were going to get it. Yes, and I loved it. I loved. Oh, loved? I loved. Uh oh. It loved. What happened? Until last week, YouTube just announced that they're increasing the price from fifty-five dollars. I think it's fifty-four dollars, fifty-five dollars, whatever, to sixty-five dollars, and they're adding. Get this, MTV, Cartoon Network, Comedy Comedy Central, BET, and Paramount, and maybe a couple other ones that nobody ever watches. Mm-hmm. And they're going to charge an extra ten bucks. YouTube TV basically they are become a cable company. They're right. not a cord cutting company anymore. They've become a glorified cable streaming they are service. Google. They had a great thing going until they decided sure. to increase it. Now. Not a, I, I'm not against price so that's increases all if you give us content. That's but all the, you're getting is that they, those extra channels? Yeah, that's it. You're getting a couple extra channels that probably nobody's ever going to watch. I mean, who in the heck watches MTV Par- anymore? Paramount, right? Paramount's got Yellowstone on them. Okay, that's yes, a great sure. Show. So it is Amazon Prime, okay? Um, my point being, it's not worth the extra $10, and in fact, not worth it during this time, during a pandemic, mm. when people have lost their jobs and are looking to cut the cost of entertainment they go and they get rid of their cable subscription they're hey, paying $85 for. And reason. all of a sudden, now they're paying 65 for YouTube TVs. This is what I did. I canceled YouTube TV along with hundreds of thousands of other people. Canceled YouTube TV. It's really? all over the news. People are canceling YouTube TV like crazy. Actually, experts in the industry are saying YouTube TV is dead. They're literally dead. Unless they reverse this decision, they are dead. I went to Hulu. Now, I'm wondering, uh, because I've been thinking about dropping Hulu, but then they're going to be playing this movie I've been wanting to see called Palm Springs uh, starting up, uh, well, just yesterday. It just started. It's uh, one that made the film festivals. But um, but I'm wondering, though, I mean, how much do you pay on average for a cable subscription from your uh, cable company? This is without the box, without the taxes and all that. You generally pay about, what, 60, 60 no, to 80 bucks? No. If you're looking to get high definition, my mom, my mom's got cable TV uh, in a small little town, high definition TV with one cable box. She pays one hundred and ten dollars a month because, first off, that's the only cable TV provider in her town. But is that also which is the all... internet, though? No, the no. internet on top of that is sixty five more. So the thing is, is you got to look at people not like us living in the metropolitan areas. You got to look at all of the small town people that only have Hello? one option. Yes, John, for instance, <laughs> right. only have one option. This is where it hits them the most, is these mm-hmm. cable companies can charge whatever the heck they want because people have to pay it unless they don't want to watch so TV. So what is the Google's decision? Why, why did they oh, decide to raise they, it? Oh, because they felt like they were adding more content that people want to watch, and so that justified the price increase. Sean, do you set this up for your in-laws? Have they said anything to, the, to you about this? They have not, but I... I'm going to mention just because I've just found out about it. I did see them this week past weekend and I forgot to mention it because we didn't sit down and watch TV at all. Um, but they will probably notice it and they'll probably mention something to me like, Hey, our bill went up. Do you know why? And I'll just have to tell. I mean, that's all I can tell them is, but even, got some new but, channels, but even if you go, if <laughs> Hey, you, watch MTV. It's all the cool kids. But see, do. The, the reason I like the idea now I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, with Xfinity, but the reason I like the idea though, is if, I wanted to get the local channels. That's what YouTube TV allows people to get. In well, many cases. so does Hulu. So Hulu, does Hulu. Wait, Hulu does? Are you kidding me? Hulu's. Yeah. I, I'm okay. So here's the thing. I went to Hulu and I paid for the. It's it's fifty 
$5 a month, which is the same as what YouTube TV was. I always thought Hulu was $6 a month. No, if you pay the $55 a month, you get live TV included. So you get all of your channels, uh, um, not just locals. I mean, you get obviously locals, but you get you know all the cable channels live. Oh, wow. I didn't so, know they yeah, do that. you got to remember, so like like any major news organization, they have to pay a redistri- redistribution fee. Yes. For, to the parent company of whatever local news station is involved. Mm-hmm. Hulu and YouTube TV and Sling and all those have different agreements with those companies. That's why sometimes you'll see on Dish or DirecTV or whatever that X, Y, and Z stop carrying your your favorite channel because of yeah. negotiations. Yes. So not all of the local channels are available, especially in smaller markets that are owned by smaller media companies because the negotiations are so toxic and so expensive that a TV company can say, "Well, I want you to pay me X to be on your platform." And they'll say, "Well, we just don't we don't need you. We'll go with another regional affiliate." So $10 a month increase and that's it. You're going to say, forget it. Yeah. I mean, nope. We don't know. Yeah, we, I don't know. I'll I'm, have to I'm talk to my in-laws, it. but yeah. I'm saying forget it. I, I canceled it. I was watching a bunch of my Facebook friends talking about YouTube TV, how they were canceling it because, you know, YouTube was supposed to be the savior. I mean, just like, what was it? Star Wars. You were the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube TV was the chosen one. You weren't supposed to go to the dark side, YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, dude. That's on Disney Plus. I, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to make an excuse for them raising the price. My whole point is this: think about how many people are ditching actual their cable, especially us rural Americans that are ditching our cable and going to online platforms because at least our on, our internet service is just good enough for it now. And yeah. the COVID helped exacerbate that problem because everybody was locked in their homes. Yeah. So. Tons of internet providers have small, especially in the smaller communities, have had to jumpstart and get rolling. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they did what they did. I think that they were trying to offset the cost of loss because they were starting to get sucked bandwidth from these smaller little markets that weren't negotiating great pricing with them. All right, do we have a website of the week, Justin? I You've do. Got something? All I right. do. I don't know how I stumbled across this. I wasn't on Stumble Upon. I just I somehow stumbled across this. Uh, website it's not even a it's a website but it's it's just i don't know it's something different but if you go to tholman.com that's t-h-o-l-m-a-n.com mm-hmm. all right i'm going there forward right now slash elevator.js elevator.js okay one more time t-h-o-l-m-a-n.com forward slash elevator.js what the heck is this it's like, scroll to the bottom. Just, just right, follow the instru- follow the instructions. Okay. It talks about. It says Elevator JS fixes those awkward scroll to the top moments in oh. the old fashioned way. Tholman.com slash so Elevator dot JS. Okay, yeah. Oh, so that's, you go there. That's sweet. That's you, sweet. You, you scroll to the bottom of the page. You oh. click the little elevator icon, and all right, hold on here. Okay, I'm going all the way down. There's a bunch of words there. What is this? Oh, okay. don't worry about that. What the? What the heck? I'm in an elevator. The page scrolls to the top automatically <laughs> in an elevator format with elevator music. <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> All right. That is our website of the week. We'll put a link up on our website if you want to share it with your friends. A little JavaScript fun. 
Uh, have yourselves a great week. Uh, I think next week, I think Amanda's going to be back with us, uh, mm-hmm. all of us here, and we'll have more technology. I know you're going to talk about the human IPO next week. Yes, that's a, actually a really interesting topic. We're going to talk about that. All right. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. I'm Broadway. And I'm Justin. Once again, find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time.